Hello, this is LaSharon of Gospel of Fitness. Thank you for joining me today. Today's topic, I've pondered this quite a bit before I say what it is, um, because we are in such a time as we've never been before. We have had so much happen in our world, in our nation, in our private lives, in our public lives, our social lives. There's just seems so much unrest throughout just the world in general. And so, you know, sometimes when I'm looking at people or when I, I should say when I'm interacting with people, I don't always just go by what I see or what I hear or even sometimes like their actions because people can have a bad day. They can act out of character. So one of the things that I look for are their patterns. Is this a likely character of this person is this who this person is or are they acting out of character is this you know is this unbecoming to who i know them normally to be and so i say all that because when we're living in a time where people are stressed where people are in fear where people are anxious where they're you know they could be a little hostile or angry or just emotionally unregulated and then there are people that are trying to regulate themselves through alcohol, through drugs, through um, movies, you know, just entertainment, just just like become like a vegetable and just tune out or even you can over exercise. So usually it's whatever you do to try to um regulate yourself or your go-to when you're stressed out your comfort so I'm saying all that to say that we are in unprecedented times where this is not the norm it may become the the new norm but it's not the norm that we have known we have never been in this place before we are actually living in history and even if you look biblically though these times have been prophesied um, we have not lived these times. And so I say all that to say that I'm very, very mindful when I'm interacting with people to not be very quick to judge a person or to make an assessment. And I know some people say, well, we're not supposed to judge people. No, but you're supposed to test the spirits and you can um, have a sense of judgment as far as your interaction that's actually called discernment and that's actually very wise and so I say all that to say um, because of the times we're in I have asked God to really work in my heart to see people and to see things from his perspective um, to give me a little bit more wisdom and spiritual insight into things um, of understanding why someone may be doing what they're doing and just to allow me to exercise the fruit of the spirit of patience a little bit more to be quick to think slow to speak slow to fence and slow to anger um, to not be so quick to to open my mouth on a subject or not be so much to react but to take a step back to allow the Holy Spirit to kick into my spirit before I respond. And I'm saying all that because I'm actually really when I meet people and if I see or I experience um, something with them that, you know, that could trigger me, I, I look and I go, okay, God, are they, are they worldly? 
Are they wounded or are they wicked? And so that's what I want to talk about today. Worldly, wounded, or wicked. Worldly, wounded, or wicked. So those are three different types of people. Someone that is worldly, um, there's two categories that they could fall in in that regards because there are actually three types of people. There are natural people, there are carnal people, and there are spiritual people. Natural people are people who have not received Christ as their Lord and Savior. They are natural. They are not a spiritual person. Now I know we say, well, they're, they're very spiritual or they're into spiritism. I mean, in regards to the gospel. And if you are on this channel, the title of this channel is the gospel of fitness. I am a minister of the gospel. I assess my life and situations according to the word of God. Um, it's not just what I say, but I use the word of God as final authority. So I'm going in regards to the gospel. Okay. So if your religion is something else, or, you know, if you're into other belief systems, you may not believe the way I believe, but my opinions or my commentary on this particular channel will be those that align with the word of God. So this is gospel of fitness and gospel of fitness um, is being spiritually sound, mentally healthy. And when I mean by spiritually sound, I mean a doctrine that is in line with the gospel of spiritual soundness, um, not just pulling something out of your head. Even if God gives you a vision or a dream or a prophecy, um, for me, it must line up with the word of God or it's not from God. So that's what I mean by spiritual soundness. There's a, there's a soundness in your, in your spirit based on the doctrine of the Bible. Um, to be mentally healthy, are you in a place of, of mental fortitude, of the ability to tap into your psychological makeup and do critical thinking. Um, I like to pray that I have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in me that was in Christ Jesus. Um, and then are you emotionally balanced? And what I mean by that, do you have the ability to emotionally regulate when life comes at you or when you are triggered? Do you know how to regulate yourself to get back to a place of balance of some sort and then are you physically fit you know are are you fit for the kingdom you know it takes two things to preach the gospel you need health and you need money you're going nowhere broke um and you if you're sick you're not thinking about anyone but yourself and then i like to put in their cultural consciousness. And what do I mean by that? What is the culture of our times? You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He says, I'm the Lord God and I change not. And though God doesn't change himself, his seasons change. And so we want to be like the sons of Issachar where we are in tune to the seasons of God. We're in tune to the moves of God. What is God doing in this season at this time? Like I said, we've never been in this time before. So our ears and our eyes want to be toward God. God, what are you saying? You know, um, 
Isaiah 26, 3, those that keep their mind on him, he will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are stayed upon him. So I'm saying all that to say to you, that's the, that's what gospel of fitness is. So this channel is gospel of fitness. Gospel of fitness is rooted in the word of God as far as like a standard. So going back to what I was talking about in regards to the three types of people, there are natural people, which means they have not yet received the Lord God, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. So they are natural. They are not born again. They're not born from above. They're not born of the Spirit of God. And so then there are carnal people. Now, carnal people have received the Lord God as their Lord and Savior. However, they are living in the flesh. They're living to the dictates of this world. And so they're carnal. They're fleshy. And then there are spiritual people. There are people who are walking in the spirit. In fact, um, Galatians said that if you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh. So rather than taking out a list of things not to do, focus on how to walk in the spirit and then you're not going to do the things of the flesh or at least you're going to grow into a place of maturity where it's going to be less and less until you start to look like God because you're made in his image and his likeness but we are all transforming into that until we take our last breath so going back to worldly wounded or wicked so worldly people are people who are natural people. They have not yet received the Lord God as their Savior, Jesus Christ. However, you can have people who are carnal, who are worldly. They've got one foot in the world and one foot in God. But God said, if you are lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. And if you think of coffee, who likes lukewarm coffee? I mean, you either like the coffee hot or you like iced coffee, but I don't see many people wanting to drink lukewarm. And so it is, if you are lukewarm in the spirit, God said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So that's a worldly person. It's either a person who has yet to receive Christ. And I say yet, because if I called you nine times on your phone, but you didn't answer, it doesn't mean I didn't call you. It just means you simply have not picked up the receiver yet. However, if I call you the 10th time and you pick it up, you have received the call. So we want to be careful on who we say are saved or not saved because they or called, I should say, because God may be calling them. They just may not have answered the call yet, right? Because only God knows. So none of us have a heaven or hell to put people in. So a worldly person, again, is a natural person who has yet not received Christ. Or you have a person who has received Christ, but they are living according to the dictates of their flesh, their carnal. The other type of people are, and this is most people, whether they're in the world or in the kingdom of God, they are wounded. Most of us have been through something. Most of us have survived our childhood. Um, very few people, in fact, I won't even say very few people, because if you think about Adam and Eve, we are born into sin because of the fall of man. So all of us, until we receive Christ Jesus, we live in this fallen state. Now, babies are born unto the Lord. And when we become an age of accountability, we choose to come into the kingdom of God. 
However, you also can have generational curses or generational spirits, familiar spirits that come through the family where God says the sins of the father will fall upon the generations of the children. You know, the coming, your seed seed will be blessed or your seed seed will be cursed. However, when you receive Christ, you can stop that. You can say, hey, I'm coming out from among them and being separate, that God is saying, remember ye not the former things nor the things of old, for behold, I'm doing a new thing. So we can choose a new way. You can see it with various kings in the in the um, Bible, where some of the the king's children, when they inherited the throne, chose not to walk as God, though their fathers had. Or some had wicked fathers who were kings, but when they took on the mantle of king, they chose to follow God. So it's an individual thing. So getting back on subject, um, you can be wounded. So wounded is like you are broken in some sort. And my thing is if you're wounded, get healed. Because from zero to 24, your brain is developing. From at 25, you actually start to lose muscle tone. And at 30, you get a slowdown in metabolism. At 35, you go through what you call anabolic, catabolic state. That's a, the breakdown of muscle tissue. And then at 40, you start to lose bone density. 45, another change in metabolism. Why am I saying that? Because up until age 24, which is usually where most people complete their education of some sort, at that age, you're going to start from 25 to 35, you're going to start to kind of apply different things that you may have have taken on, your perception of life. And then usually 35 to 50, you will see people go through what you call a midlife crisis. Sometimes you don't even see the patterns of childhood show up till then. Why do I keep choosing this type of person who is no good for me? Why can't I keep a job? Why am I suffering anxiety? Why am I feeling so rejected, you start to see patterns at that point because now you have enough life experiences and you realize that your experiences are not isolated incidences, but like the game Connect the Dots, if you start really looking at the common denominator or the similarities in each of your experiences and you connect those similarities usually will take you right back to childhood where you develop this paradigm or this belief system. But you have to think about this belief system was put in place by a child who could not properly, maturely process what was happening. And I'll give you a scenario. Say you have a little girl and she is observing her parents bickering, they're fighting. And her father says, I'm leaving, I'm done, and I'm not ever coming back. So, in, and, and she pees, she pees on her, her pants, and she comes to her parents to tell them, as they're bickering, I peed my pants. Well, her father goes, I'm leaving, I'm done, I'm never coming back. Well, in her little mind, daddy might have gone because she peed her pants, right? Well, that's not the case, but in her little mind, and then kids the world resolves, revolves around them. So, you know, there's a stage of narcissism we all kind of are in when we're a little kid. And then if we mature out of that, which most of us as adults, if we're not operating under a narcissistic or cluster B personality, we typically grow out of that and mature. But people that are usually stuck stay in that state. And then that's when you've got psychological personality disorders. 
Um, however, in her little mind, because kids believe everything is their fault, they're focused on themselves, that daddy left because she peed her pants. So what does this do to her in relationships with men down the line? Well, she may become a pleaser. She may do all in her little power not to um, make someone unhappy because they may leave her. So she has abandonment issues. She's got rejection issues. And so because of her wanting to please, um, she may be very well be set up for trafficking or abusive relationships or nonetheless continually, and this is subconsciously, under the level of awareness where she finds herself in relationships where she is doing all this performance to get acceptance. So then she may um, very well achieve great status as far as in the world of, of positioning herself. But then all of a sudden when she's on top, let's say she's on top of the corporate ladder and something happens and the bottom falls out and now everyone's like, what happened? What happened, right? So what has happened is she's got these unresolved core childhood issues that have never been dealt with that have simply been compartmentalized so that she can continue to go on in life because otherwise she'd be stunted. So we can grow intellectually, we can grow chronologically, we can grow socially, we can grow financially, we can grow spiritually. But whatever point that we have been injured at that time, we are kind of stuck. We're, we're kind of in a... Um, just in a, in, in a state where God has allowed us to cap, capsulate that so that we can move on in life. However, later on always comes and emotions buried alive never die. That's why people have triggers. And it may not be you, but there's a button in there that you step on and you get all of this stuff coming to the forefront that they're not even aware of, right? So I'm going back to wounded. So when we talk about wounded people, a lot of times it's just unresolved issues that have stemmed from their childhood, that have stemmed from experiences in their life. Um, consciously, they're working towards something. Subconsciously, you know, this is what they're trying to work out. And so that shows up in life. They might have anger issues. Um, they may um, have issues where they can't let people get too close. They have a problem being vulnerable. Um, they may operate in fear. They may operate in manipulation because that has been their way of getting things. So whatever those issues are, here's my point. If you deal with someone broken, they're not wicked, but they have so many jagged edges. Nevertheless, they can cut you. They can hurt you because of their woundedness. They're just so broken, right? Um, so we've got the worldly people. We've got the wounded people. So remember, worldly people are those who act like the world. You know, you only have two kingdoms, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of light or the kingdom of dark, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world. And so people who are worldly are under the dominion of darkness. So it first says, that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds, having eyes they don't see and ears they don't hear. So remember, a worldly person is not a spiritual person. They're under the dictates of this world, which means they're under the dictates of their flesh, which means they're pretty selfish and self-focused and, and move according to the ways of this world, even though they may be moral. 
spiritually there, their conscious is not lined up with God. So that's a worldly person, right? And then you have the wounded person, someone who has been hurt by life, hurt by their childhood, hurt by their experiences, passed on generational mindsets that may not be in alignment with the, with the word of God and with God's blessings, right? And then you have wicked people. Wicked people, they're not just worldly because they can be in the church and have received Christ. But according to Second Timothy, where they're lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, arrogant. Um, remember, Satan was uh, an angel, right? And he got thrown out of heaven. And, and, and Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from the sky. That's pretty quick. And he wanted to be above God. He wanted to the worship that God had, right? He that's why I said the pride. God says pride comes before the fall, that he he resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. So there there's a wickedness there. And then also if you look at uh Judas, Judas was actually one of the twelve disciples. He was right there in the midst with Jesus, dipping dipping his bread in, in the the um wine, you know, dipping his bread. And yet here he was, um, basically a betrayer, basically love of money. Um, you know, um, basically self-focused and, and it's interesting because wicked people masquerade. Remember Satan comes as an angel of light. And one of the, the main ways that wicked people get into our lives is is they can be spiritual they can tap into the spirit now they may not be working with the spirit of god but the, the devil's been here for a long time remember he was an angel he's a worship angel so their their mouths are usually smooth like silk think of an adulteress okay think of a seducing spirit think of flattery you know sometimes when people are flattering us what they're doing is they're boosting up our ego we start getting full of ourselves but it's also an area that we have not healed so we need affirmation so they're able to slither their ways in and god calls flattery evil because Flattery is insincere praise. Flattery will make you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And it's not genuine. So um, what is it in um, Daniel 11.32 or it says what, with flattery, there's, he'll bring corruption. But those that know their God should be strong and do exploits. So flattery is a way of manipulation because a person has a hidden agenda. Um, they have a motive, right? They're seeing you as a mark. Um, so it's insincere. It's fake. It's superficial. So wicked people are not going to get saved unless God comes in. And again, you could you have, could have said you receive Christ in your heart, but you may be working with a different spirit. So unless those people repent, it's not like the Jezebel spirit or the narcissistic person. It's not that God can't. Like you'll hear people say, well, they're never going to get saved. Well, they can't be saved. No, Jesus died for the world, the whole world, right? However, everyone is not going to be saved because one of the things you have to do is you have to repent. 
right? You have to turn from your wicked ways. And many times because of arrogance and pride, wicked people are not going to turn. They're not going to bow to Jesus. They're not going to give up control. They're not going to try to stop dominating you. We're called to take dominion, not dominate people. They're not going to stop their manipulative, deceitful ways. And so that's a wicked person. So my thing is to the the bible says to submit yourself to god resist the devil and he has to flee um and that's why i said i like to listen to people's words i like to watch their actions and then and observe their patterns and so you know if someone just does something and they're kind of like feeling some kind of way or something has happened in their life or because of such a broken past they might just be wounded and their actions look wicked, though their heart isn't. It says man looks on the outside, God looks at the heart, right? So they might just be wounded. Nevertheless, they could be toxic and hurt you until they get healed and delivered, but they're not really wicked at, at the root of their being, at the core of who they are, however the wicked person is. So that's why I said when you're looking at people, especially in the times that we're living in, Check in and ask yourself, is this person worldly? Doesn't mean God hasn't called them. It might mean they haven't answered the call. And it might mean you're the walking epistle through which God will speak to deliver them. Or you might be there just to sow a seed and God uses somebody else to water that seed. And then he does the increase. So we want to be careful when we're dealing with wicked people. It's like light doesn't have any significance unless exposed to darkness. If you go outside at high noon, you don't need a flashlight. But at midnight, you go outside, you're going to be really grateful to have a flashlight. So some people may be worldly and God may be using you as that disciple to go out in all the world and preach the gospel, right? God may be using you to lay hands on the sick and let them be delivered, right? And God may be using those signs and wonders through you to draw them closer to him. Because he said, if I be lifted up, meaning if God is lifted up in your heart, he's lifted up in your light, he's going to draw people to him. So people that are are in the world, they may be like a moth to the flame. They may be drawn to your light because Jesus is lifted up in you and they are like void. They are looking for something. See, the world talks about meditation as empty your mind. No, you better not empty your mind and your spirit because you may open yourself up for something else to come in, right? That's why the devil, when you cast him out, it says, fill the house. Otherwise, that demon will leave and bring back seven more that and your condition will be more wicked than the first, right? So notice God said, be filled with the Holy Ghost, that be filled. So you're endued with power. So when you're lifting God up and you're filled with the spirit of God, people are of the world, they're drawn to that. It's just something about you. Like, how can you have joy in the midst of what's going on? How can you have calm in the midst of chaos? How can you have peace in the middle of the storm? How can you dance so you're mourning? How can you worship and put on a garment of praise and many people are running around with the spirit of heaviness and you just strip off that heavy spirit and you are praising the Lord God, right? So they're drawn to that. And so if a person's worldly, don't give up on them. Intercede on their behalf because remember Satan, the God of this world who's under control has blinded their minds and they can't see and their ears so they can't hear lest the glory of the gospel be spoken to them. 
How can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear without the preacher? You're the preacher. You're the ambassador. You're the mouthpiece through which God will use to speak to them. So that's the worldly person. Okay, then you have the wounded person. So the wounded person, you're going to have to be a little more gentle. God says be as gentle as a dove, but as cunning as a serpent, right? So you're going to ask, have to ask God for wisdom. Lord, how do I deal with this person? How do I, at first I need to put on the full armor of God. And then I need to not be offended. It says those, the great peace of those who love your law and nothing shall offend them. So you have to really stay in the word of God and be filled so you're not offended by them you understand so you know sometimes when you're understanding of what people have been through and you listen to their story you can accept them a little more you can forgive them because you understand where they came from and then you can humble yourself and say there I go but the grace of God I don't know that experience I mean glory to God I have never been molested or violated but I listen to people's stories and so if they're promiscuous if they have lived on the street if they grew up not knowing their parents I, I I know both my parents my mom was a stay-at-home mom you know for a long time in my life and so I had that foundation now there were other dysfunctions that were taking place in the house but I came home knowing who my dad was so you have to know like where's this person wounded at and and so God give me wisdom uh, give me the tongue of the learned that's Isaiah 54 give me or 50 verse 4 give me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season to those that are weary awaken me morning by morning to hear of the learned so ask God for wisdom how do I talk to this person how do I deal with them how do I not be affected and get caught up dealing with them right and then if 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 they do something toxic how do I not be so affected by them and then not transfer that woundedness on me and then how do I throw out the dirty bath water without throwing out the baby so that takes wisdom wicked people um only charmers can handle a snake <laughs> so unless you're a charmer and if you're a charmer now you're operating in something a different kingdom right only a charmer can have a snake in fact God said in uh, revelations where he was talking to the seven churches he was saying that he had uh, something against them because they tolerated that spirit Jezebel who calls herself a prophet so you don't tolerate that spirit God says, behold, I've given you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. God says your spiritual position is you're seated in heavenly places far above principality, power, dominion, and might. That greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, that he's given you the power to bind up and to loose. And whatever you bind on heaven will, on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be loose in heaven. So that's where you have to exercise your authority. You have to know who you are and you have to not be be in fear of man because the fear of man is a snare now you're not rebuking the person but you're rebuking that spirit you know and sometimes you just have to say hey the devil is a liar he's a liar he's a thief and he's a destroyer so when you deal with wicked people you have to take your authority and either they get right or they get on one but you cannot tolerate that spirit you cannot bow down because they're writing a check um, all money's not good money and you have to let them know that I am not for sale or rent I've already been bought and paid for with the incorruptible seed and and true prophets of God just let me tell you that 
God has put his, his, his voice in your mouth, his word in your mouth. It is live. It is powerful. Just like Jeremiah said, uh, your word is like fire my bones. And then Isaiah, he took the coal and touched his tongue with the, with the hot coal. He touched his tongue. So the word of God was coming out in power and authority. That's why they said to Jesus, no man has ever spoken like this. He was speaking in power and authority. He knew who he was. So when you are God's person, God's man, where he says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I called you, I set you apart to be a prophet unto the nations. That means my mouthpiece. That means you don't tolerate that spirit. You do not tolerate that spirit. You are either going to affect them or they're going to infect you. And when you see that spirit, you do want to use discernment. Are you dealing with the person or the spirit? But when you see that spirit, you don't tolerate it. You take your authority. You speak thus saith the word. And I'm going to tell you, prophets, if you are going to be prophetically accurate, you cannot be politically correct. You cannot be politically correct. Jezebel would try to come up against you just like Elijah. And if you think about it, if you are a true prophet of God, that means you have a target. Now, we are all called to prophesy. However, some are called to stand in the office of the fivefold ministry, which is apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints. It's not that you're some great person to be exalted and worship. It means that you are a servant to serve that gift to the body of Christ. Christ to edify, to encourage, to feed, to rebuke and correct and to comfort. So you had, that's why God says in Jeremiah 1:10, I've called you to uproot, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down and build and plant. That means you uproot whatever that is that is not of God. And then you sow the word of God. You sow, you prophesy into their lives. You comfort them, you teach them, you feed them, but you also rebuke and correct and you don't tolerate that spirit. You don't tolerate that spirit. You don't back up off that spirit and you don't fear that spirit because if God be for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, no devil in hell can be against you. If God says yes, nobody can say no and God will back you up. So... Thank you for listening. Um, but that's today's topic. When you're dealing with people, ask yourself, don't, don't be so quick to just react. Take a moment, study, ponder. Is this person worldly? Is this my assignment that I'm supposed to be praying for them and ministering to them? Sometimes just listening and waiting for the right opportunity. You can't, sometimes you have to, you, you don't have the right to speak into people's life until you have listened. Listening to people earns you the right to speak into their lives. It's like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so sometimes you have to be interested in other people. You have to listen and you have to watch and pray for the right opportunity, right? They may be your assignment. Um, the people that are wounded, you want to ask God to give you wisdom and you want to handle them with gentleness, but you also want to be very protective of yourself as well. And that's where core values. If you, if you listen to my podcast, there's one on core values. You might want to really, you know, establish your core values and make sure you got some really strong boundaries. That's the purpose of core values to know where you in and others begin to know, um, what's important to you and, and, to have deal breakers. 
where sometimes when people cross that line, you just hand them up to God. Like it says, if you go into town, there's no peace, shake off the dust. You know, um, sometimes you, you just have to say, okay, God, I live, I leave them to you. And sometimes you just come in people's life to sow that seed and keep it moving. Right. So that's where discernment comes in. And then wickedness test the spirits. If someone is wicked, um, deal with them the way God deals with them, but you can't deal with them in the flesh and you can't allow them to bring you down to their level. Um, I know this is getting long, so you might have to break it up if you're listening, but I, I do want to um, inject this point. You know, God says that um, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings of eagles. They shall run and not faint. They shall walk and not grow weary. Excuse me. You know, eagles don't eat dead meat. Eagles fly high and they see their prey and they, they soar in to get it. And it's funny because an eagle also, when they are like 40 years, they will fly to the highest mountain. They will beat their beak against the mountain until it comes off. They'll pull out all their talons and their feathers and they'll stay there for whatever course it is. And all their feathers will grow back, their talons will grow back and their beak. And they will have another 30 to 40 years. So when God said, I will renew your youth as the egos, he will renew you. He will restore the years that the locusts, the canker were in the Palmer worm and the caterpillar have stolen. Um, but eagles do not eat dead meat. And they also don't fly in flocks, right? So um, buzzards, vultures eat dead meat. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, you have to fly high. You don't allow wicked people to bring you down to their level. You don't allow wicked people to get you operating in the flesh because the devil will beat you every time in that arena. That's why he brings temptations against your flesh to be a disobedience against a God. Remember, the flesh and the spirit are always at war. They're enmity. That's why God said, if you love the world, you're an enemy of God. So you have, don't love the things of the world, meaning the world's ways, the world's systems. Uh, you have seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, meaning that you do things according to God's standard. Though the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. When you're walking in obedience, God's got your back. When you're walking in obedience, you're under the spout where the blessings come out. When you're walking in obedience, you can stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. So wicked people like to bring you you into the flesh so you actually are now with the buzzards with the vultures and you'll end up being roadkill so you have to stay in the spirit and you have to soar high and you can't be brought down to that level and that's why the bible says bad company corrupts good morals meaning if you keep hanging out with evil people they're not gonna get saved now they might eventually get you where you go back to what god has pulled you out of or you find yourself in situations you never thought you'd be in so you want to, now God can turn it around for good, but you might end up like Bathsheba where David couldn't build the kingdom because he had blood on his hands, or you might be where in God's plan B, he always has a plan, but wouldn't you like to be in God's plan A? So with wicked people, be cautious because we're living in an age of narcissism we're living in an age where people are lovers of themselves. We're living in an age where the spirit of the Antichrist has already gone out into the world. Not the Antichrist himself, but the spirit of Antichrist, 
right? Uh, of where people are just openly, just open with their wickedness, open with their, their, their practice of the occult and witchcraft and sorcery and divination, right? And just, and you got to be careful because there's false prophets. Now they can see in the spiritual realm, but they're tapping into a different spirit. They're familiar spirits. They have monitoring spirits. So you have to test the spirits. What they say may be true, but what spirits, I always like to say when people come into my life, who sent you? I want to know what you're working with, who you're working with, who sent you? Because when God is getting ready to exalt you and to bless you, he will send in a divine relationship, a divine connection, because he's got a divine appointment for you. But when the enemy wants to stop what God is doing, he's going to send in a divine, uh, an appointment too. But this one's going to distract you, to deter you, to destroy you, and to detour you. And you may lose many years of your life. on And, and not that God can't use it. Because remember when Moses killed the Hebrews... He, I mean, the, what was he, he killed, he, he said that the Hebrews shouldn't be fighting and he, he killed, um, and then killed the two Hebrew cause he's Jewish and he had to go into on the backside of the mountain. Um, I need to study that a little more, but what I'm saying is 40 years, he had to go in the wilderness. Right. And so, but God taught him, God was with him. Right. Um, so we don't want to create Ishmael's. We want Isaac's, right? So there's always a price to pay when we bear fruit in the spirit and God will still have a plan. God will still bless us. God will still take what was meant for evil for good, meaning we can get lessons, but how much time are we spending? And it's not that God doesn't know. God doesn't say, uh Oh, he's alpha, mega beginning and end first and last. He knows all things, right? However, because of free will, we get to choose. And it's also a mark to let us know where we are. Sometimes we think more highly of ourselves. We think we're more mature than we are. So not that God can't use what was meant for evil for our good. Not that all things aren't going to work out for our good. But sometimes we could save a lot of time. Maybe how much time would Joseph have saved if he hadn't you know, told everyone his dreams and visions, right? So we want to be very, very mindful. So I just want to thank you for listening. This is has been a long podcast. Um, if you have listened to the end, thank you so much. I invite you to subscribe and I would like to pray over you, um, if I may. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Father, I thank you for this platform. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that is listening Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would grant unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. And Father, help them to be able to discern when interacting and dealing with people, especially in this unprecedented time, um, if people are worldly, wounded, or wicked. And then give them wisdom of how to navigate through the season of this interaction. Father, thank you for a hedge of protection around your people. Father, your word said in Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That Lord, I believe that because we are in dark times, you said your light shall shine upon us, Lord. Father, your word said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I pray that you would bring such a spirit of liberty into the lives of these people to go out and do what you've called them to do and that you would equip them, Lord, with the Holy Ghost 
Ghost and with power so that they can go about and do good and heal all who are oppressed of the devil, that they can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that they can cast out devils and demons, that they can set the captives free, give sight to the blind, heal the brokenhearted, and Lord, do what you have called them to do, Father God, that they be about their father's business, order their footsteps, Lord, that they would not go to the right or to the left, but they would stay on the path that you've called them to. And I believe that you are sending angels before them to make crooked places straight, rough places smooth, to bring the mountains low and the valleys high. And so, Lord, for all these blessings and for the goodness and mercy that follows them all the days of their lives, Lord, oh, Father God, that you fill them with Holy Spirit, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and thank you because you are faithful and bless your holy name for what you've done, you're doing, and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.